Good morning. It is time to get up with the best football Friday of the year as the DAC attack heads west looking to 86, the 49ers, while the Eagles hope they can fly despite the ailing wing of their most important player. We'll tell you exactly why the winners will win this weekend. Plus, with Lamar likely leaving, the coach in Baltimore is looking for a little divine intervention. Oh, it's time to do this, people. It's a football Friday with us on Get Up, and we get started right now from New York. The sun, the sun is coming up, as yeah. we promised it would. Tim Hasselbeck, Diana Russini, Rob Dinkovich, the great Ryan Clark, RC, up early this morning as we look forward to what is typically the best weekend of the football year and the best game we hope we'll be in San Francisco. Cowboys, Niners squaring off in a rematch. Dallas hasn't been to the NFC title game since the 95 season. 11 straight playoff appearances without reaching that round. The longest streak all time. Speaking of 11 straight, that's how many games San Francisco has won in a row, including six with Brock Purdy as the starter. He accounted for four touchdowns in his playoff debut last week. Since week seven, these are the only teams in the league to score 30 points per game. So it sets up an epic rematch from last year's postseason. And Dak Prescott is ready. Most definitely I did. Um, I think this whole team did. Um, obviously, using that loss last year as a motivation and just kind of the focal point, I guess, of the resiliency that, that we carried uh, into the offseason, obviously carried into this year. Yeah, we get a chance to go back at their place, uh, do, do something that, that we want to do. All right, now, should Dallas and Dak be careful what they wish for? San Francisco finishes the regular season with the number one scoring defense in the NFL. So Sunday will be the sixth time since the merger that Dallas has squared off against the top defense in the playoffs. And as you see, in recent years, that hasn't gone so well. All right, RC, up with us early. Let me quickly start with you. Ryan Clark, what is the single most important thing Dak Prescott has to do to give his team a chance to win on Sunday? Dak Prescott has to protect the football. He needs to protect the football like a new baby. Or if you're a single man without kids, protect the football like you protect the password to your iPhone. You don't want <laughs> anyone on the San Francisco 49ers to come close to getting a turnover, close to getting an interception. In the games that the Dallas Cowboys have struggled, the games that have been close, the games that they've lost, it's been because Dak Prescott has turned the football over and put this team in harm's way. Go back to last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was decisive in every decision that he had to make. He put the football right exactly where it needed to be for his for his players to get yards after the catch, and he used his legs when he had the opportunity to escape the pocket and make plays. Dak Prescott needs to be everything that he was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and more, but that starts with protecting the ball. If they protect the ball, they have the skill players to make plays against this vaunted San Francisco 49ers defense, but if he reverts back to turnover Dak, this could be a blowout in San Francisco. All right, so there you go. As they step up in class against the defense, and Tim, as my quarterback today, you put together some tape on Dak. Yeah, I think what's interesting, like last week the, the Cowboys saw a lot of three deep. You're going to see a lot of three deep, like you do against a lot of teams, but you're going to see a lot of three deep against the Niners. I thought Kellen Moore had a great plan. Here's a good example. They're in kind of a condensed formation. They obviously motion out of it. They're trying to get a horizontal stretch on the free safety by running basically a seam. It's kind of a post to the bottom. But then that, that shallow uh, cross is going to hold the underneath coverage. And so by doing this, it's going to get the attentions of the linebackers that would typically carry the tight end 
up the seam and it's going to create a void between the corner who can't midline it because of the motion mm. and the free safety. And so I think we talk so much about, hey, Dak's going to play great and this and that, but like, let's not forget Kellen Moore as well. Kellen Moore is very creative. It does an excellent job in the red zone. I think that he's going to have a plan. And what that does is it helps the quarterback see it which ultimately leads to the guy being decisive and not turning the football over. Yeah, I love watching the other players watch those tapes too, Nick. It was, we're staring at that thing and, you know, the three deep and all that kind of stuff. To be clear, the 49ers play a lot of zone, and you were telling me earlier this morning, what is the key for Dak against a zone defense? Timing and windows. So you have to be able to stand in the pocket, and that's why the pass rush is so vital for the 49ers because when you're playing zone, you're basically reading the quarterback. So you want your front to get after the quarterback and speed up his timing so it's going to be key that Dak uses his legs not to run I'm saying not use his legs to run for first downs but to avoid the rush and if he has to move in the pocket to get that timing correct he's going to have to and that's going to be vital because if you're a pass rusher for the 49ers you understand we got to get Dak off the spot we got to get to the quarterback if you can get to the quarterback and rush four guys going to be a long day for Dallas. And that's why, Diana, you're looking in front of Dak as yeah. much as anything else. Yeah, when you talk about Kellen Moore having a plan, well, they better have a plan for Nick Bosa, right? Because <clears throat> we know he is just an absolute game wrecker. And you, you look at this offense and you try to point out who is going to be key outside Dak. It has to be the protection. Mm -hmm. They have to be able to protect Dak, knowing that Yes, he is going to be mobile. He's going to use his legs. But back to what Nink said, he doesn't need to run that much. He truly does not. But obviously keeping him up on his feet is, is going to be And what you, what you see spot shatter there is the rookie left tackle, Tyler Smith, who's done a very good job. Mm -hmm. And not that he'll be alone out there against no, Nick Bosa. But I've been saying all week long, if we come in here on Monday morning and we say the best player on the field was Nick Bosa, this game's over. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Cowboys have literally yep. no chance to win it. Let's spin it, meanwhile, to the other side. Because I, I come in here this morning. I'm talking to my quarterback, Tim Hasselbeck. What does Dak have to do? And he immediately wants to go to the other side. To your side. Let's go, Rob. Nick, Let's go. On. Let's go. You, no one knows better than you or he's no one has a greater memory than you do yeah. of going up against Kyle Shanahan. Well, Kyle Shanahan, you know, he was offense coordinator for the Falcons. That was the last game I played in the Super Bowl. Um, and, and the type of offense that he runs, zone stretch, likes to spread the defense out, but likes to get your, get your space. So, like, this is a great example. The back is away. I'm just a defensive end here. What, what they do here is a great matchup with the inside linebackers because the inside linebackers have coverage, and Shanahan likes to have mismatches in pick routes. So, this was a, a great play on the low red red, and I was mad right here, very mad. I might have said a few words right there. But the inside linebackers, the tight ends, the bunch routes, everything is about getting you condensed and then trying to spread you out to where there's a lot of, a lot of miscommunication. You have to speak. You got to talk to your, your communication on defense. has to be crisp. It has to be clear. So if you don't understand your assignment, before each snap, that's when Kyle Shanahan. Can I, can I, can I for a second? Uh, like, yeah. now I wonder why Belichick loves this guy. Yeah. Like, who comes in and is like, here's a low light? Yeah. <laughs> like, who does that? He might be the only guy at the company who's like, hey, here's me, terrible. Here's me yeah. actually getting beat by somebody. Right? Like, here's, here's a touchdown I allowed in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it was, at that point, it was, selfless it was 28 guy? to 3 at that point. Nobody really. So, so like, see how they, they have a stack, a nasty <laughs> split. That means it's tight to the formation. The safety is on the tight end man up so with that picks you for just a split second what I needed to do there was take a step forward and then get flat down the line of scrimmage which in the heat of the moment you're just trying to get flat you know guy runs a 4-4 against a five flat like that's not good so again just just the, the brains of Kyle Shanahan and his offensive system it's all about 
you know, rolling through the script. He has a, a, probably a, a 10 to 15 play script where to start the game, he's going to have his five to 10 best plays ready to go. So the key here is a negative play. So if you can have a negative play within the script, it throws off the script. So he wants to roll through that script, you know, keep things going, keep things moving, maybe even up-tempo, fast-tempo, and get the ball out of the young quarterback's hands quickly. Stop, so stopping McCaffrey on first down then for That's the huge. Dallas defense. Becomes the key. RC, help me with this. Because I'm sure a lot of football fans listen to all the conversation <laughs> about Kyle Shanahan. And he's the only coach in the NFL that I hear, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, it doesn't matter anything else, he's going to scheme it up, all that kind of stuff. Either Kyle Shanahan is the greatest offensive coach that was ever born, or something different is going on here. What is Dallas's key against <laughs> them on Sunday? <laughs> well, first off, it's not necessarily that he's the greatest coach that was ever born because think about when he didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo since he's been in San Francisco. This team has been not just average, but way below average. Here's what's happened to this team this year. You have Kyle Juszczyk, you have Debo Samuel, you have Christian McCaffrey, you have George Kittle, you have Brandon Ayuk. You have elite skill players all over the entire field and skill players who are positionless. This is like, and Mina Kimes mentioned this on Tuesday, it's like playing against the Golden State Warriors in basketball. All of Brock Purdy he has to do is get the football out of his hands and you're getting the football out of your hands with all of this window dressing with all of this motion with these different personnel that can be used with the same type of people that put you in formations that you aren't prepared for defensively Kyle Shanahan right now is the ultimate puppet master and we're watching the Muppet Babies everything that he gets an opportunity to do and every way he gets a chance to use these players he does and he just wants them in space one-on-one -on -one with the defenders of the Dallas Cowboys Boys. So the number one thing is freaking tackle. When you have a guy in your area, understand your leverage, understand your pursuit angle, and understand where your help is coming from. Because when you don't, slants turn to touchdowns, screens turn to touchdowns, outs turn to touchdowns, hitches turns to touchdowns. Yes, Brock Purdy has played absolutely phenomenal, and he's been 100% relevant no matter when he was drafted. But if the Dallas Cowboys want to make hay, Micah Parsons has to be the best player on the field this weekend, and they have to be physical when tackling the guy with the ball. If you do those things, you give your chance a chance, a chance to not only stop this offense, but win this football game. How do you see it, Diana? Stop the run. That, that, that's all that screamed to me, and he did a great job of breaking down what Dallas needs to do, but on top of everything that Kyle calls so well and has consistently, they run the ball so well against these. When they win, that's, that's where they're winning the game, on the ground. Mm -hmm, yeah, since they got Christian McCaffrey, they've been as good and diverse in offense, again, with quote-unquote Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback. Let's see, read them and weep. What do the picks say? Cowboys, Niners. Ooh, Nico, you're the only one riding San Francisco. Mm. Defense wins championships. I, I like the number one defense. All right, just call me a defender. But anyway, at, at the end of the day, I like the 49ers defense. They're, they're going to create a, maybe one or two turnovers. They're nasty. They get after the quarterback. I love their front. I love their linebacking core. They probably have the best linebacking duo in the NFL right yeah. now. So um, I'm going with the 49ers. And then offensively, of course, they have a, a young quarterback, but it's not so much about him. It's, it's, it's the other guys around him that make him, you know, play at a high level. So he's picking with defense. I'm picking because I'm trying to speak it into existence. Uh, Tim, <laughs> why, why are you picking the Cowboys? Listen, I, I think they'll have a good plan. I think running the ball is going to be tough. I think they rely heavily on Dak. I think Dak plays well against this defense. Um, and ultimately, when I look at Brock Purdy, I, I think I see it a little bit differently than RC in that 
I think Brock Purdy's been creating a lot of offense. It hasn't just been like everything exactly on time. He's started to create. The, the easiest way you get into trouble as a quarterback is you start playing outside the design of the, of, the, of the play. And we see a lot of great physically talented guys do that. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes. When other guys do it, you can get into trouble. I, I've called some of his games in college. I've seen it happen. I've seen the good and bad. And so I do think at some point as he gets loose with it, I'd be concerned. All right. Giving you stuff to watch for. We have so much to go as we continue on this jam-packed football Friday. Coming up, the other NFC matchup. Equally fascinating. The Giants defense has a huge job tomorrow night. Make sure the Eagles quarterback lives up to his last name from the very first snap. We will explain. Plus, while eyes have been on Dak after his huge night in Tampa, we'll tell you the one Cowboy not named Prescott that is going to need to have the biggest day for Dallas to win. It's all on the way. It's get up. On ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, or you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals shopping for mother's day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute but macy's gift finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for mother's day whether you're shopping for your sister's first mother's day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We're back on Get Up, and here's a feature we're going to call First Impressions. What are the things we're watching for early in the games that will tell us a lot about what the outcome is going to be? Ryan Clark, what's the first thing you're watching for Giants-Eagles? 
are the Giants going to keep the pressure off of Daniel Jones? Are they going to utilize the run, utilize the way that you can attack the Philadelphia Eagles in between the numbers to give Daniel Jones not only easy passing lanes or easy opportunities in the pass, but easy reads. Get a read, get out of the pocket, use your legs to try to pick up yardage and avoid the sack. If they allow the pressure of the Philadelphia Eagles to get to Daniel Jones early, this team could be in trouble. Yeah, they had led the league with 70 sacks this year. Tim, what's the first thing you're watching? Yeah, along the same lines as our seat, how Daniel Jones will pass the football against this Eagles defense. Look, everyone's raving about what he did a week ago against the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, through the air, he basically had two good games against Minnesota and one versus Detroit. Outside of that, really hasn't been a passing attack that anybody has feared out of the New York Giants. And this Eagles defense is a much bigger challenge than Minnesota was a week ago. So will he be able to throw it? Inka, what's the first thing you're watching for in this game? you got to go with the first series of the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. Are they back 100% into their playbook? Is he going to run the football in that first series to, t- to try and set the tone here and say, guess what, guys? I'm healthy. I'm ready to go. This is the playoffs. Let's go win this thing. Okay, there's a lot I want to get to on that. Let me start with Diana because the most important part of this, I'm assuming there's a lot of people maybe up and watching us this morning who might not always because it's a huge football Friday yeah, here. Yeah. What is the very latest that we know about the condition of the shoulder of Jalen yeah, Hurts? So Jalen Hurts, he's off the injury list, right? So that, that, that's always great. He's not 100%, though. I spoke to a source in Philly, and they described this SC joint, okay? So this injury happened just about a month ago. The way it was described to me, it's very tender, right? Meaning if it gets hit or if he is hit while he's running, this could be a very big problem, which is why you're going to see the Giants defensive game plan to attack, to hit, to do everything to get in the face of Jalen Hurts. So you were very specific yesterday. You remembered one play from your career that made you think of this, and we have that play. Yeah, Marshawn Lynch, we were playing the Seattle Seahawks, and and for two weeks before we, we played them, Bill said on the very first play of this game, if I don't see 11 hats on the football, like we're doing something wrong. And the very first snap when you're playing Marshawn Lynch, we had 11 hats to the football. It was it was pretty special to see because you had to have that mentality when you were going against a guy that is the focal point of the offense. And this is the first play of the game. I mean, everybody is there. I mean, that 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 makes a statement when you see Every single person, it didn't matter if you were the backside corner, but that picture right there is intimidating. That's what you want to see. So if you are the Giants, the second Jalen Hurts runs the football, every single player on the Giants had better get to Jalen Hurts. To be clear, that's the first play of the Super Bowl. And Bill had told you all week long, 11 hats, 11 hats to the ball. What do you think, Two RC? weeks. Yeah, two, two weeks of prep. Two weeks RC, of prep. Is that the mindset for the giant defense tomorrow night? 11 hats on Jalen Hurts, and let's see how the shoulder holds up. Listen, absolutely. First of all, it's 11 hats to where the football is every single week. But when you're playing a guy that's already injured, don't get in your mind that this is bounty gate. Don't think to yourself that you're attempting to hurt Jalen Hurts again. What you're trying to do is put it on his mind. You want Jalen Hurts to feel like he has to protect that shoulder each and every play. So what does that mean? If it's third and six and I have somebody that's four yards away from the line of scrimmage, do I try to run through him to get those extra two yards? If I'm in the pocket, 
Do I stare down the barrel and make that throw that quarterbacks have to make all the time and take that extra hit? Or do I get down and live to fight another play? It's about making Jalen Hurts understand that protecting himself is paramount because we will continue to pressure you. We will continue to be physical with you. And we will continue to make you believe that every chance we get, we are attacking that shoulder, which is the throwing arm of the most important quarterback or important player on this, on this entire team. And so if we're the New York Giants, we're not trying to do anything different. We're just trying to do it a lot more aggressive, aggressively and with a ton more intensity. All right, so Tim, look, to me, this is the game, right? I mean, if Jalen Hurts is, is at or very near yeah. his best, the Eagles are just a definitively better team than the Giants. Great. So in what specific ways do you expect that this injury might impact his performance? If they don't run him. I mean, it's that simple. I, I think they have to run him. I, 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 and if I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm not, I'm not changing that. When you look at their success, especially in the passing game, so much of it came off of his threat and ability as a runner. And when you look at gotta-have-it situations, third and six, third and 12, stuff in the red zone, what'd they do? They ran him. I mean, that's just that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And they should. He's, he's unbelievable at it. Look, I, I think that... You basically have to say, look, he was healthy enough to play week 18. We get he might be sore, might be tender. And you can't shoot it up, remember. You can't shoot it up. Say that again. That's a good thing to just remind people, right? It's not something that a player can shoot up before – um, before a game to treat it, like you can see with other joints. This is something. Yeah, and then, quite honestly, sometimes certain other positions, but like a quarterback would have his ribs shot up and that's in a scenario like that and maybe be able to play. You're not doing that. Look, I, I, I just don't think that you can <clears throat> risk not running him. Now, listen, you, all of a sudden the game's secured. Look, yeah, I'm going to change my plan. Yeah. But for sure, I think it has to be a plan that you're going to run see, the quarterback. See, I think they run the ball as well. I'm just curious how early they're going to do it. If they're going to come out of the gate, like you said, you believe that they're going to come out if and go. I would, if I knew that my quarterback was healthy and we could get back to what we were doing in the regular season, the first play of the game, I'm running Jalen Hurts. You're also taking a huge risk, though, right? Because if, if, but if not, if, not- you, if you are – 100% certain that he feels good. You you talk to him through the week. Hey, hey, how do you feel? You're ready to go. Your shoulder feels great. Let's go set the tone early. RC, is it as simple as we will see early? And, and that's why I love doing these first impressions today. We're going to know pretty quickly whether they, they feel like Jalen Hurts can be all of himself in this game or not, right? No, I mean, you know what? I don't think so. And, and I'm not going to do that to the viewers, and I'm also not going to do that to the Philadelphia Eagles. Nick Sirianni mm. needs to call this game to win this game. That's the way this game needs to be played. We don't have to prove a point. Just because Jalen Hurts is healthy on the first play of the game, I don't need to see him run the ball. I'm not going to think to myself if they give the ball to Miles Sanders, oh my God, they're scared (laughs) to run Jalen Hurts. No, I'm not thinking that. It's about what the game plan dictates and the way that you want to attack the New York Giants. Let's not get into all these head games about what that's going to mean for Jalen Hurts and the way that he's attacked or the way that Wink Martindale calls D defenses. You play to win. When you have Jalen Hurts on your team, you are the best team in the entire football league. That's the way that Nick Sirianni needs to focus on this. And we should know, if anything, that it doesn't matter how these games start, that they're four quarters games, if we watch the Los Angeles Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars this week. It's about the best team in the NFC understanding that that that's who they are when their quarterback is on the field and calling plays that way. RC talks about doesn't want to play head games. The Steelers used to try and intimidate teams by warming up and, and flexing on them at the 50-yard line like Joey Porter would have his shirt up over his chest, <laughs> and he'd be trying to, like, set the tone Nico, early and intimidate Nico, the other team. At the, here's at, the difference. 
Nico, it wasn't an intimidation tactic. We actually wanted to fight. Those two different things. <laughs> so we, we, we so were like not the other team. Like the, the whole thing is. All right. And, uh, it's a good. It's a good it, it, look. It's a good battle. Y'all wanted to fight. To, if they run an RPO on the first play or in that first series he, of the game, I think back. it's going to be fascinating <laughs> to see. And watch the eleven hats on Jalen Hurts. All right, we're still rolling along on this Football Friday. Dak can't beat the 49ers on his own. So who's the most important Dallas player who goes by any other name? We'll answer that question next. Let's get up on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We are back on Get Up. The game is called More or Less. Cowboys, Niners, Ninko, more or less. Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott combined 81 rushing yards. More. They better have more. If both of those players, if they do not have more than that, it's going to be a long day for the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to have to have a huge game on the ground with those two players, so I'm saying more. The Niners did not allow any individual running back at as many as 70 yards in a game this year. Uh, RC, more or less for Christian McCaffrey, 104 and a half total yards. I think he's going to have more than this. I believe Christian McCaffrey is going to be the focal point of this offense. And I know they're going to say that RC, he's always the focal point. But when you think of Leighton Van Der Esch and Anthony Barr, I believe those are the guys you're going to want to attack on this defense. And with J. Ron Kirst probably having to pay a ton of attention to George Kittle, I think Christian McCaffrey will be the go-to guy and the guy used by Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy. And then our DraftKings Sportsbook predictions brought to you by DraftKings. Tim Hasselbeck, will Dak throw more or less one and a half touchdowns? I'm saying more. You know, the, the one area of weakness, like the, maybe the sole areas of weakness uh, for this Niners defense is in the red zone. They rank 20th in 
Dallas have been so good in the red zone. I'm going to say more for Dak Prescott. Through four last week and ran for another. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And this week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Download the app and use the code GETUP when you sign up. Meanwhile, on that game, sneaky big news. Our Todd Archer tweeting, Brett Maher made all six field goal attempts during yesterday's practice. Tristan Viscaino made three of five. That's another kicker they signed this week. He writes, distance is unknown because of where the media watches practice. This, of course, for anyone wondering, why are you telling us about what Brett Maher did with his kicks in practice this week after he missed four extra points last week? And and there was all this speculation, would he be there for this week? I, I guess here's what I'm thinking, guys, and it'll be fascinating to see if the kid Viscaino winds up being active for this game on Sunday. I, I've never played football. But I play a lot of golf and other things that are very psychological. If he misses the first one on Sunday, if his first kick is a, a makeable kick, not a 62-yard field goal, but, but a field goal or an extra point that should generally be routine and he misses, if I'm the coach, I don't think I would put him back out on the field again. I really don't. I would not have any confidence the rest of the game. I'd go for two on touchdowns and I'd go for it on fourth downs. Well, is that overstating it? Well, I think if you are going to do that, that means that you only have one kicker active right. if you're going to do that. Now, I, I would say this. I think if you have a second kicker active, I think that already oh. does it's something to the cover. Look at your reaction oh. to it. Yeah, I'm like, like sweating. Is, you heard uh, it, right? I like, imagine. Why? Why is it? Why? That's a, that's, I mean, that that's world. That's, I was you're not good enough. We don't I believe I was, you. I was a specialist for, for a full year and just basically, you know, playing cards with the kicker before practice. Because you were a long snapper. Yes, I was a long snapper. It's already... A, a different mindset, and that the team looks at you as a, as a almost like a different entity. Like, okay, you're the specialist. Like, you do your job. You make your kicks. So, if you have multiple guys that are active for that game, it's a bad sign because in the playoffs, especially, games are won and lost mm-hmm. by a field goal. So, it's this is huge if they don't have trust in the kicker. There is yeah. no reason to think the Cowboys are going to win this game easily. right? If they're going to win, right. there's every reason to think it's going to be a fourth quarter close game, and clearly those can come down to this. RC, like I hate to put this on a person, but this is his job and that's the reality of it. How would you be feeling if you were a Dallas Cowboy this week about your kicking situation? Well, I wouldn't be as supportive as C.D. Lamb was to Maher on Monday night when he was truly one of the greatest teammates I'd ever seen. It was probably the best moment in C.D. Lamb's career since he took the phone from his girlfriend on draft (laughs) night. I just thought that what he did in reaching out to him was absolutely amazing. I'm not necessarily scared about what this means if he misses a field goal or if he misses an extra point. I'm scared about what this means as pertaining to how they play the the game. If you're going to have to kick a 42-yarder and it's fourth and three, are you now going to push to go for it on fourth and three because you're scared to kick it from there? If you are close to the goal line and you feel like you have an opportunity to score a touchdown, but you could take a for sure three points, are you still nervous to put him out on the field because you're scared he has the yips and he could miss that chip shot field goal? And so there's so much that goes into this psychologically for Maher. The biggest thing is this. 
They trust this guy because of who he's been throughout his career and who he's been the entire season. They're looking at Monday night as an outlier, as an anomaly. If he does miss a field goal early, if he does miss an extra point early, it not only destroys him psychologically, but I believe for the players and the coaches, you put them in a position to where they don't trust him and now everyone else is pressing in some of these pressure situational moments. I think for him, you make the first one, but if I'm Mike McCoy, McCarthy, it's going to be a very makeable first one if I'm being smart about the way I approach special teams nope. in this game. I've been covering sports 30 years. I've never, I cannot remember a game where the kicker going into it felt like as much of a storyline as this yeah. does. That says that's one X factor. Let's do others. We understand the kicker is critical. We understand the quarterback is critical. Diana, give me an X factor. Who is the next critical player for the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys Sunday night? It's going to be the tackles. It's going to be who's going to be assigned to Nick Bosa and slow him down and be able to protect Dak Prescott. That's going to be the key. That's where we're going to be watching most of it. So it's Tyler Smith and it's Tyron Smith, and you see them up there because, again, that's defense of line for San Francisco. They have been wrecking games all season long. Yeah, and you take a look back this past season. Heck, you take a look at all of Nick Bosa's career. Mm -hmm. Every single time he's at least slowed down just a bit, it changes the game. Tim Hasselbeck, your X factor for Dallas comes on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I think it's the front seven for for Dallas. I I think that ultimately – like the Niners want to run the football. They're going to test you running the football. To narrow it down to one player – yeah, I'll say Leighton Vander Esch. I mean, really, it's everybody in that front. If you can win on early downs, you know, I thought Rob made a great point last week. We we're talking about another game. You kind of you got to earn the right to rush the passer, mm-hmm. right? Like that's a saying in defensive football. Like that means you win on on early downs. And so, I think that ends up being key. So many, you know, so much attention to other players. I think Vander Esch is the guy. If he plays well, it means a lot. How do they do that? How, how do they make sure that you do not give Kyle Shanahan a lot of third and threes? Because I don't think anyone likes third and three more than he does. Well, you, again, you got to win on first down. So when you when they're running the the stretch zone plays and they're trying to find a hole to cut back into, basically in the Shanahan offense. When they're spreading you out, it's not to just run around the corner. It's to make you spread and then cut downhill to get vertical into the defense. So, really, it's it's everyone playing their assignment. It's the backside tackle, the two-eye, making sure he doesn't cross the face and run because that's where the ball wants to wind back into those positions. So, it's setting, setting a hard edge. So, your outside linebackers, Parsons is going to have to have a big game. He's going to have to set a hard edge to where everything else is condensed. That's really – you build the pile, you stack the wood. You say stack the wood, stack mm-hmm. the firewood, stack up that firewood, then the ball's got nowhere to go. RC, how about on the Dallas offense? Who, who needs to step up for them to have a chance? It's absolutely Tony Pollard. And I think sometimes when we talk about this team, we don't mention Tony Pollard enough. Tony Pollard has the Christian McCaffrey stuff. He has the Saquon Barkley juice. And we don't necessarily put him in those categories, but he should be. He's a Pro Bowl representative at the running back position. Tony Pollard has five touchdowns of 30-plus yards. There's no other back in the entire league with more than three of those. Tony Pollard is a difference maker. When he gets the football in his hands, when he's able to create an open field, It totally changes the explosive dynamic of the Dallas Cowboys. Think back to the Minnesota Vikings game and who was the one person that absolutely wrecked that defense. You have to point to Tony Pollard, what he can do in the pass game, also in the outside run game. If he gets going and now Fred Warner and Greenlaw and also Hufunga have to focus on Tony Pollard, that's when you can have a guy like CeeDee Lamb go off.
Not like it, it is the ultimate <coughs> strength on strength or, you know, a movable object and irresistible force. San Francisco, you can't run. You, your teams don't run the ball against them. The Cowboys and Tony Pollard will probably have to. Much more on that game as we continue. But let's go to the AFC. Diana's game's in Buffalo, and it's the site clearly of the best quarterback matchup of the weekend. The two dynamic young stars, Joe Burrow, 4-1 and one in his playoff career. His only loss coming last year by three in the Super Bowl. Josh Allen has thrown 17 touchdowns and three picks in seven playoff games in his career. I should point out two of those three interceptions did come last week against Miami. He also had a fumble scoop and scored against him. So he's been mistake prone this year. Diana, it's your game. Yeah. Unload. What, what, what are all the things you're focusing on that the fans need to be thinking yeah, about? Yeah, the Bills are not playing their best football right now. And it's a bad time not to be playing well, right? Uh, their defense. The fundamentals, those basic things that we see a Sean McDermott defense, they're struggling with. They're missing tackles, and that's going to be part of their focus this week against Joe Burrow. But let's just go back to when these two teams played each other just a few weeks ago after having a few conversations with both sides, with Cincy and Buffalo. Both believed that the Cincinnati Bengals were dominating the Bills, especially on offense. So in terms of the mental side, the confidence headed into this game, I give it to Cincy right now in terms of the edge. They feel like they've got this Bills number, whereas the Bills right now are trying to get back to the Bills that we saw four or five weeks ago because what we've seen the last two weeks, that is not going to get the job done against Joe Burrow. To be clear, for anyone who doesn't know what Diane is talking about, these teams met on January 2nd. That was the game that was canceled uh, midway through because of the injury a very scary situation involving mm -hmm. Jamar Hamlin, but they did get to play some football before that happened. Yes. And yes, the Bengals looked like they were the better team. Before I, we could put the picks up on the screen, but RC, give it to me. It, it feels, I mean, the Bills coming into this season were so many people's pick. Uh, but I know you have been riding yeah, Cincinnati now for the last two months. Go. Why do you like the Bengals? Yeah. Well, when you look at Cincinnati and what they could do defensively, go back to the quarterback sneak, the play by Logan Wilson, the scoop and score by Sam Hubbard. That was the play that absolutely changed that game. And Cam Taylor Britt, the new, the, the second-round corner that was drafted, stepping in for Chitobi Awuzie. And what they can do with all the different ways Lou Anarumo uses this defense to not only pressure quarterbacks, but to give them full pressure and drop it to zone looks. Is Josh Allen going to take the check down? Is Josh Allen going to take the easy play? And then offensively, when you look at T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase, and Joe Burrow. And we talk about it all the time on Monday. Joe Burrow always seems to know exactly what to do against each team. He is, to me, the best player playing at playing the quarterback position, not the best quarterback. He understands where the check down is. He understands where the holes in the defense. He knows when to take sacks, and he knows when to push the football and try to make extra plays. I love what this team can do. I believe their experience in winning in the playoffs the last two years gives them confidence and also that start against Buffalo on that Monday night. You know, Nico, I'm surprised to see the Bengals under your name. Since before, the, you're with me every week. Yep. Since before the season, you've been riding Buffalo, you've been riding Josh Allen. Why'd you change your mind? I, I feel like kind of what Dan was saying, they're, they're not playing their best football right now, and they're turning the football over. You watch that Miami game. There was, there was a bunch of plays where I'm scratching my head like, this is bad football. This is not playoff football. Um, and then you look at the Cincinnati defense. They have something that the Bills lost this year, and that's a pass rush. Mm. You know, they lost Von Miller, a guy that they brought in to be the guy in the playoffs to get to the quarterback. You look at Cincinnati, they have Trey Hendrickson, they have uh, Sam Hubbard. They have two defensive ends that are really good at, at yeah. getting after the quarterback. So Josh Allen, he's been great, but I, I really like Cincinnati. I think they're doing a great job, and, and they're really on the ascending point of their, in the playoffs. They're going up, and I feel like the Bills are kind of hovering to, to descending. Super quick. 
Oh, I'm sorry. It looked like you, you wanted to chime oh. in on that. It, it's worth. It might be worth mentioning very, very briefly. This has nothing to do with anything. <clears throat> if that game had been played to its conclusion and the Bengals had won, yeah. a lot of things would be different. Yes, right now. Very Where different. these games would be being played mm-hmm. and everything else would be very different. So we'll see how all this plays out uh, as they meet on Sunday with these great young QBs. Now, tennis's first major of the year is rolling on down under. Our third round Australian Open coverage continues tonight, 7 Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Continues on ESPN2. You'll see Novak Djokovic there. And every match can also be seen live on ESPN+. Plus. All right, coming up next, this is the story of the entire offseason. Lamar Jackson's football team had a very busy day yesterday. Today. They made an enormous announcement. The question is, what did it mean for the future of the quarterback? And the answer is next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, we're back on Get Up, and amidst all of the playoff action from this weekend, there is Lamar Jackson. The last month and a half have taken so many twists and turns. It all really began week 13 when he hurt the knee in what was an eventual win over the Broncos in Baltimore. He would miss the last five games of the regular season, would not travel with the team to Cincinnati for their wild card loss. Then yesterday, the Ravens and their offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, parting ways. Roman saying he was stepping down to pursue other opportunities. Everyone wanted to know, what does that mean for the future of Lamar Jackson? Let's start by hearing from the coach, John Harbaugh. Lamar Jackson is our quarterback. I mean, he's been our quarterback. Everything we've done in terms of building our offense and building our team, uh, how we think in terms of people and put people around him, is based on this incredible young man and his talent, his ability, and his competitiveness. Eric wants him here, I want him here, Steve wants him here, and Lamar wants to be here. All right, so that's what he said yesterday. Sounds very different than he sounded down the stretch leading into these games. Let's start with this, Diana. Twitter couldn't make up its mind yesterday. Some people thought the departure of of, of Greg Roman meant, oh, Lamar is gone. Others thought it meant that means it's more likely that Lamar stays. How should we interpret this change? It should be interpreted as the Baltimore Ravens have been disappointed in the decline of this Ravens offense in the passing game specifically over the last few seasons. That's really been the issue. This isn't some little puzzle piece that tells us that they are now going to trade Lamar Jackson and they are going to restructure their entire roster to fit a different type of quarterback. Coach hit it exactly how it's been communicated to me. The Baltimore Ravens are all in in keeping Lamar. What will eventually happen in terms of the contract? We don't know just yet. Right. But if we can probably predict at this point what will happen, it's most likely going to be the franchise tag. 
they want to keep Lamar Jackson a Raven. Look, if you are playing with your quarterback on a franchise tag, not to quibble with your wording, but it's hard to say you're all in, right? All in, I think, to Lamar means something else completely different mm-hmm. than playing next year on the franchise tag. Remember, too, with Greg Roman as well. The fire was hot last year, yeah. right? So it, this is this is now two seasons in a row where it was building, and in the end, they just needed to make a change. Well, the threat of commonality, Ryan Clark, on those two is that in both of the last two seasons, Lamar Jackson got hurt, and the offense fell completely off a cliff without him. So how do you read this? Give me the, the, the Ryan Clark crystal ball here. <laughs> What's going to happen in the next two months with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? You know what? I'm going to summon my inner Dion Warwick. <laughs> And think a little okay. bit about Mr. Cleo, which would be my name. I have no freaking idea, Greeny. <laughs> what I will say is this. The, the, the tone of the Baltimore Ravens seems different, and especially John Harbaugh. When he was speaking about Lamar Jackson down the, down the stretch of the season or who he was going to have available, he didn't seem like a guy that was wishing his quarterback were healthy. He seemed like a guy who thought his quarterback was healthy enough to play and wished that he would just decide to play. And so to me, there was a lot of tension there. And we also spoke about Lamar Jackson not accompanying the team to go to Cincinnati. So right now, it sounds like that they understand without Lamar Jackson we don't have anything and without having Lamar Jackson we have to rebuild on a team that has a defense that's ready to win a Super Bowl so you get rid of Greg Roman you now bring in another offensive coordinator that you have said Lamar Jackson is going to get an opportunity to sit in with while you make your decision and while you make your pick I believe the Baltimore Ravens know right now they can't win without Lamar and they didn't draft in a way to win with a different sort or type of quarterback. So I believe they are all in. But we know what all in means to Lamar Jackson. It means all guaranteed. So we will see if they put their money where their mouth is. What do we expect, Tim? How do you see the situation? Uh, Let me just say this. Could you imagine being on the verge of guaranteeing a guy, you know, this type of money? We're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, potentially. And you have a playoff game, and he's not able to play, and he doesn't travel with the team. Like, just to even be a resource to the guy that is playing, to be helpful to that player. Like, name me another guy you'd feel comfortable guaranteeing that type of money so for. So what you're saying, you to me, no, was to it, me it, this doesn't yeah. feel good at all. And I get that Harbaugh's tone has changed drastically. And I think, I think because I think now we're dealing with a different thing. We are dealing with frustration in terms of him not playing. Okay? And now we are dealing with, look, I'm going to talk this guy up as much as possible because... I think everything's on the table for us. And I don't think either of those things really have anything to do with Greg Roman. I think the Greg Roman of it all is a little bit like Wink Martindale. Is Wink a bad coach? No. But did they move on from him in Baltimore? Yes, they did. Is Roman a bad coach? No. But, like, sometimes it's just time for change. But let's just make sure that we're clear on what you're saying, because I want to make sure. Lamar Jackson not traveling last weekend, I interpreted as an indication that there are genuinely bad feelings now. I don't know if they're Mike, in one direction add, or in both directions. I one thing to this? Because I, I did ask Baltimore about that afterwards. And. I said, we're making a big thing about Lamar not going. And they said, he wasn't feeling well. Like, like, like he something, was sick, right? He wasn't yeah. feeling well. Now, listen, that if he's was, contagious, sure. Fine. Tell us he's contagious. Because like, like part of it for me is that <clears> like, if Dak Prescott is hurt, is he there helping Cooper Rush? 
Heck yeah, he is. And they want him there because he's a valuable resource to help yeah. you win games. And if he can't because he's sick, they would tell you that. Heck the Ravens yes. have had opportunities. If there was all this noise, uh, however you want to describe it, around Lamar Jackson, mm. the Ravens have contributed. RC, they've contributed to that noise existing, right? Oh. They could have shut this down if they wanted to, and they never chose to. They could have said a ton of things now. Think about the reason Lamar Jackson came out and gave the entire world this detailed description of what type of injury he's suffering. It's because mm -hmm. we've been sitting back wondering what's wrong with Lamar Jackson. And he, John Harbaugh saying, I don't have information on the quarterback. Marlon Humphrey had to come out after the Cincinnati game and said, I knew Lamar couldn't play. He was limping around the facility. When you hear those things, why isn't Baltimore coming out and saying, more about Lamar Jackson to protect their quarterback. They're allowing all of these rumors, all of this gossip, all of this talk because they refuse to step up and protect their quarterback. So on top of not wanting me to get a deal or not giving me the deal I want, you also are leaving me out here to dry. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm not happy with the way the Baltimore Ravens have handled this and the Baltimore Ravens has, at least in my opinion, handled this in the wrong way. Quickly, Nico, your take on it. Everyone, I agree with, no one seems happy right now in this situation. Can they fix it? I need to make sure his knee's okay, first of all. It's unstable, I guess. If, 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 if he's been out six weeks and he has a grade three PCL, PCL a, a sprain is a tear. So you, you could partially, Von Miller partially tore his ACL. Right. He had to go, go have it fixed right. because you, you can't fix a PCL or an ACL with just time. Right. That has to actually be repaired. So if I'm going to guarantee 250 plus million dollars to a guy that has a PCL injury that we don't know will stay st stable and sound in, in a running running or running running back yeah. quarterback who right. wants to run the football he's got to have his knee he's got to be a hundred percent before I give him that money there are a lot of questions RC 10 seconds finish Green. it up yeah, that that is not true. I told my PCL in 05. It did take the season in order for me to get healthy. It was never fixed by surgery. I'm no Lamar Jackson. I can't run four three. But the next eight years did work out well for me never having surgery. So, th th look, as you can see, everything in the world is on the table at this point. The next two months will be all about Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. This weekend will be about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. They go west looking to 86, the 49ers. And we'll tell you exactly what he has to do to get it done. Next, get up on ESPN.